Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Greetings, Maltopians. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Maltopia podcast. To better engage with you, we'll soon be launching our new Discord so be sure to sign up for our newsletter at maltopia.com for the invite link and a small thank you gift. And to receive early access to podcast episodes, bonus video content, and more, consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash maltopia. Watch our welcome video and scroll through to find public posts that give you a sampling of what you can expect as a patron. Check out our artwork on Instagram and DeviantArt. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. And as always, thank you very much for your support. Enjoy. The great stone room had likely hosted many scenes similar to the current one. A ring of grim leaders seated around a massive table, staring into the murk of candlelight as it struggled to illuminate the dark proceedings. Assembled were the last gasps of life left within the collective bosom of the Oversapiens' bid for survival. The leader of the Strad contingent, Angulus, the king of the Oversapiens, Angren Kai, Angren strategist, among other things, Strogen Fleet, and the peerless spy, Antonia Deville. Each understood the following night could very well be their last. The gathering had almost concluded their business, having examined as many variables as the present would tolerate, along with a few hypotheticals belonging to the ever-fickle future. All in all, 
it was determined that the most valuable assets the Oversapiens possessed were few but powerful. The Strahd stood chief among them, as the machine was likely unaware of their presence and potency. The various ability-boosting formulas Strogen had developed would certainly play a vital role as well. Perhaps most important, they knew precisely when the machine would launch its attack. Over the course of several hours, these advantages were coordinated to the best of the Assembly's ability, all of them organized to the greatest foreseeable efficacy. Yet survival was not the only topic discussed, as the King's goal was far more ambitious than that. Angrin Kai wished to use the opportunity Antonia had supplied for the capturing of the Melengian to wrest it from the American occultists, to destroy it. It was a plan he'd always entertained, but now sought to employ. However, the idea was panned by one and all. Even Strogen, as loyal a subject as any king could desire, found the plan untenable. We are already taking a chance by relying so heavily on this information. Information conveyed by one who once wished to usurp you by any means necessary. I'm sure you haven't forgotten. We vetted the information through the Harrow Box, Ingrin countered. It may not be able to locate Abraham, but it has, in the past, allowed us to know when he was up to something. There's nothing to suggest he's laid a trap. Above all else, he hates the machine. And whether he likes it or not, he's over-sapien. Furthermore, as you well know, we've handed the information over to the Strahd, who've since independently verified it. Our oracles have never failed us. But that is not to say your plan is a sound one, the Strahd interjected. While it does have merit, it would be unlikely to succeed. Unlikely at best. The certainty with which the Strahd pronounced her king's chances made Antonia uncomfortable. The sea monster wondered if she'd done the right thing by returning, if she hadn't squandered her last chance to end things on her own terms. The conductor's music seemed so distant now. Ingrin nodded impatiently to the Strahd, adding, What good is it to prevail and survive only to be hunted anew? The machine must be destroyed if we are to know peace. Certainly, but now is not such a time, Angulus said, apparently concerned for the direction of the conversation. Your people, as well as my own, will be fortunate to survive the night. And what should happen if you're met again by the Erephus? What then? Antonia spoke the question she'd wanted to ask since Angren first confided his intentions to her days ago, though she instantly regretted posing it under such circumstances. Yet her king took the question in stride. Naturally, that aspect of my plan has been much thought out, and I think the problem solved. That is, if the creature still lives. There's been no sign of it since that very day. As I've said before, our kind often enough perishes of despair, among the many other perils that await any child of the machine. Antonia nodded at the rebuttal as the topic faded to the concluding notes of the meeting. 
Angren remained seated after everyone had risen to depart, a few surviving candles throwing his flowing shadow upon the curving ancient walls. Antonia waited until they were alone, closing and locking the door from the inside. The sound of the bolt sliding into place caught her king's attention, prompting a puzzled look. Antonia knew that argument would not dissuade his course, so she would try hope. She sat down next to the great oversapien, holding his eyes with her own. You know as well as I, had I not received word of the attack, I would not have returned. And I know you've already forgiven me the slight, because you know the despair better than any of us. And while that despair prompted me once to abandon everything, I fear it has led you to take up an impossible quest. Ingrin held silent, only staring back into her eyes. I went to Deadwitch, lived for a time with our young cousins. She decided to get the fact out of the way to make room for the point of bringing it up. Ingrin's brow creased, his expression hardening. You went to... Deadwitch, yes. Something there caught my eye, or ear, to be more exact. I went far deeper into the place than Byron ever got, and as you can likely imagine, they are as much the machine's victims as we are. They destroyed much of your holdings in Dismith, slayed your people, our people. They are tools of the machine, Antonia, willing or otherwise. They are enemies. Ingrin's tone began to sharpen, courting disapproval. Antonia quickly headed off his reproach. What they are is ready to do as we did. I'm sure of it. Ingrin leaned away from his spy and sometimes assassin, his expression softening to one of concern, possibly interest. And you know this how? As I was leaving to return here, I was contacted by one of them. He wanted me to give you a message. He said that when our fight with the machine here was done, that you should go to Deadwitch to join with them against the machine. So, they know about the attack. The Malsapiens know what's to happen tonight. Ingrin rose from his seat, anger pulling at his features. This could all be some trick of the machine, Antonia. You may have delivered us straight into a trap. Antonia could feel her control of the moment slipping. No, it isn't a trap. This Malsapien also knew things about the machine. He seemed to understand it, how it does what it does. Most importantly, he said we could be freed from it. You know I am no fool. That trust doesn't come easy for me. I'd know if it was a trap. Antonia, have you lost your mind? We can't trust them. My mind? What about yours? It took me all of ten minutes to get Caleb to tell me what you'd bargain the Strahd's help to acquire. You would give them our dead? Ingrin sat back down, diverting his gaze to the shadows. I did what had to be done, so that we might survive. I'm not proud of the fact. We, you, can't defeat the machine alone, Angren. And you said it yourself. Surviving isn't enough. We need to be free once and for all. If you're so willing to take chances, take this one. Trust me. A shrieking storm of pain and suffering exploded through the city, borne upon a chill wind that blew through the gathered Malsapiens, rattling their bones as much as their bravery. It roared the story of ruin, 
of everything that had ever screamed its last breath into the never, and of all things yet to scream. But beneath the cyclone of shrieks dwelt something far more insidious, a whisper, a distillation. It came after the listener was rendered deaf, within the stinging silence that haunted the wake of all the wailing that ever was. There now, I know the horror of it all, the want to sound out life's inequity, its falseness, its pain. You see, I'm the sound your soul makes when the wonder drains slowly, inexorably from your body, when childhood's husk has long crumbled to dust. When you face the world without benefit of youth, or curiosity, or imagination. I'm the sound of madness, the song of fear, the ballad of pain. And I will someday crawl without your quivering guts, creeping slowly up the red flesh of your throat, waiting at the tip of your trembling tongue for you to scream my name. Mars never wanted to hear Keith scream again, not after the fiasco at Merger's ditch. As all the passengers knew, it was far more than merely a sound. The thing left him with nightmares ever since, all filled with the cries of friends and foes alike, night after night. The Warbringer looked instinctively to Lynn, knowing the sound would be all the more terrible for her many borrowed ears. Yet the strategist in him, the part of his gift that summed the moment for its advantages and deficits, wondered how the scream might affect the beasts that had invaded the city, their animal hearing so delicate. As it was, his own ears were bleeding, but he was far too well-gorged on violence to care. The warring spirit pushed him past the pain, using the moment to glut him further. Lynn's eyes became pools of nothingness as her void parried the scream, as once it did not so long ago. Seeing she was well, or as well as can be expected for one who orbits oblivion, Mars set off towards the heart of the soundstorm, towards Keith. His strength and speed and skill were incredible now, leaping across every third or fourth rooftop. His war sense pulsed at the sight of the church they had not long traveled through, its massive cracked bell flailing in the sonic hurricane, its manic tolling submerged and silent beneath a supernatural din. A stampede of alien beasts tore through the streets below, heads lowered in pain, making for the woods. A smile cracked Mars's face as he leapt straight into their number, descending like a javelin. His shadow burning red and furious, he tore the nearest Carnivian's head from its massive body, throwing its divided carcass to both sides of the street. The next monster he broke with a fist, countering and reversing the thing's momentum. It disappeared into the collapsing house into which it had been sent flying. They came at him like waves risen by a feral storm, and he turned them aside one after the next, 
With every blow, whether his own or some raging beasts, he became more of a living army than a man. His fists struck like exploding shells. His kicks landed with the strength of charging battalions. His mind, a storehouse of countless martial skills and battle strategies. More than ever before, he was living up to his name. The sea of monsters crashed apart for a second time as the dead knot waded through them, his invisible stare burning cold and lethal. There was no flourish to his killing, just a pale mountain that moved and struck, corpses flooding its wake. Together, the two passengers pushed side by side through the rush of demons, smashing or crushing all within reach. The mass of monstrosities only continued to splash across Mars and the Deadknot, desperate to flee the sound of worlds ending. And the Malsapiens, in turn, were only too happy to grant them the everlasting silence for which they so yearned. Mars's hunger only increased with each death, yet he leveraged the tactician in himself to counterbalance the Berserker. The scream had finally gone silent by the time they entered the ruined church, their fallen kinsmen stretched out upon the floor. His blood surging like geysers of flame through his arteries, Mars forced the warring spirit down as far as he could, trying to return to some semblance of civility. The effort was excruciating. Collecting himself, he threw a puzzled look at the dead knot. The monster had gone silent and still, slumping forward. Slowly, the body of the giant began to crack and snap, its exterior spider-webbing with fissures. One shivering hand, and then another, punched through the crumbling, lifeless Goliath, until the pale Englishman forced himself from without the debris of his fearsome brother. Once Eric had cleared the remains, the husk of the monster collapsed beneath its own weight, funerary ashes swept away by the wind. Mars shrugged at the strange metamorphosis. Huh. So that's how that works. Eric paused before Hazel where she lay lifeless upon the cold, filthy floor, his eyes going wide with terror and rage. Mars quickly moved past him and knelt to check her pulse. She's okay, Eric. Calm down. She's gonna be okay. Eric said nothing, only sat down beside her and took her hand. Surveying the rest of the area, Mars located other Malsapiens in and around the room. Ugh, what the fuck? Came a voice from the corner. Mars walked over to William as he came to. You want a hand up, or are you too tough for that shit? If you're talking, I can't hear you over the ringing in my ears. Jesus Moses, I ain't never heard nothing like that before. Goldilocks has got some fucking pipes on him. That's for damn sure. William groaned as he rose to his feet. Is he alive? Mars looked to where Keith lay, arms outspread, face carbon-scored black. He's breathing, so that's a good sign. But what the hell happened that he cut loose like that? Ask the chickie over there. First, we all walking together, then... Presto, she starts screaming, and we three end up back here. She was out like a light, and Goldilocks looked like he went one round too many. Then we got jumped by them things. 
A shit ton. I don't know, maybe whatever she did messed him up somehow. How the fuck am I supposed to know? Mars just turned away and made towards Keith. Oh yeah, another thing. Two of those Carnivian clowns said they knew you. Guy and a girl. The dame cut me up something good with some sort of bladed light shit. And a buddy looked like he was about ready to blow himself and the rest of us to Boomtown. They ring any bells? Mars remembered all too well who he'd met back in the woods. The harrowers he'd left for dead. Yeah, I know him. Them and me got some uh, catching up to do. He tried to make light of the realization that all his former teammates, friends, were likely prowling the woods just outside the city, waiting to tear him apart. Or worse, make him one of the gang again. William limped to where the wanderer named Greg and another Malsapien slumped near a broken pillar. Sefton, Greg, rise and shine, sweethearts. The two men slowly opened their eyes, bewildered. Rubbing his temples, Greg squinted up at William. So do we win or what, boss? William shot a look at Mars as he gently gathered Keith into his arms. So how's about it, Mars? We win or what? Heavy with grief, the warbringer absorbed the true extent of the singer's injuries. Keith's face was frozen in a contortion of pain. Teeth cracked and blackened, eyes swollen shut, hair singed to smoldering sprigs. You're gonna be fine, old buddy, Mars whispered to his fallen friend. William called again, only louder. Mars, what's the deal? We pull out a win or no? Yeah, yeah, I heard you. Looks like we won, for now, thanks to Keith. Will, will he really make it, Mars? Eric asked, tears playing at his eyes as he stared at the charred mess that was the conductor's face. The warbringer was silent for a moment, the crackle of fire and whispered wind interjecting while he thought. You should know better than any of us, Eric. Passengers don't die. We're too tough for that shit. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.